Hello, and welcome to the Magpie and Bunny podcast, where we talk about everything that we can't justify talking about anywhere else. I am an eccentric millionaire who has hired a mercenary to attack me at random points in time so that I never let down my guard, and my name is Bubbles, she, her. And I am Bronto Thunder, the second in command of the Dino Saucers, whose name just means Thunder Thunder, even though he's an Apatosaurus and not a Brontosaurus. Also, my name is Belle, and my pronouns are she, her. I want you to understand, you introduce yourself by one name, Thunder Thunder, and then introduce yourself by another name. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the problem. I wouldn't have it any other way. This is the first official episode of the Magpie and Bunny podcast. The two of us are going to be talking about Dinotopia this time. Specifically, so, specifically the Hallmark miniseries of Dinotopia. I don't, I don't think any of us have, have read the books, at least not recently. Yes, that is an important clarification, because not only is there the Hallmark miniseries and the books, but there is also... Um, Another TV show, like just a regular show, not like the miniseries that air on ABC. And then there was also apparently an animated film. I can't find a whole lot of information about that, but there's apparently a lot of Dinotopia media. Yeah, and I'm 100% after we're done recording this, I'm going to watch that animated movie and we're probably going to do an episode on that. Yes, I think that'd be a lot of fun to talk about the animated movie, especially if it doesn't hold up well. That would be even more fun to talk I, about than if I'm being honest. I doubt it. But yes, what we're talking about... <laughs> but what we're talking about right now is the 2002 miniseries that aired on the Hallmark Channel and was actually originally supposed to be a Disney movie. But Disney canceled that and made the, the CGI film Dinosaur instead. Then that is the movie that everyone thinks that I'm talking about whenever I try to ask them if they've ever seen Dinotopia. Because apparently there's only like five people in the entire world who have ever who actually remember this tv show and bell is one of those five people (laughs) it's true it's It's true like what what was the story that you mentioned dinotopia and i was like the only person who had ever been like oh yeah dinotopia yes it was like a year ago or, or two years ago, something like that. I don't remember exactly, but I just like all of a sudden remembered this one odd little TV show that I watched when I was younger. And I just started asking around, like I asked everyone who like watched old nostalgic stuff, who watched stuff with like dinosaurs or puppets and things like that. And I'm like, do you remember this? And everyone said no. And I had asked like dozens of people who I thought might have remembered this. Nobody did. And then I asked you, and you're like, yes, I remember that. And we got to be dorks over at Dinotopia, and that is eventually why I later asked you if you wanted to do a podcast about weird oddball media like um, like Dinotopia. Yeah. No, that's... Uh... I thought it was really strange at first because you know, we had never talked before you came up to me asking about Dinotopia, but, you know, after the, the initial weirdness, I think, you know, we really hit it off. Yeah, you see, it's funny because, like, I just, like, was walking along the street, and then, like, I saw you on the other side of the street, and I ran over there, and I asked you, hey, have you ever heard of this show called Dinotopia? Dinotopia. <laughs> 
And it was like so odd. That like I was on my way to work. Like I had things to do that day. And I just had to stop and talk about Dinotopia with a complete stranger. Yes, you actually quit your job that day. So that we could um just <laughs> So we could spend the entire day talking to each other about the show Dinotopia from two thousand and two. Now, what's interesting is that the two thousand and two miniseries was actually not what I had watched as a kid. I watched the sequel TV show, but there is just... When I looked it up online, there was so much information about so many different Dinotopia properties. Like, the miniseries was just what I found first. And it wasn't until, like, after we both started watching the miniseries that I realized, oh, this isn't (laughs) what I remember from my childhood. Oh, really? And... (laughs) It's kind of perfect. So I'd gotten into Dinotopia. I, 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 so my mother had bought me the books. I w- 2002, I would have been like seven at the time. So I guess my mother heard that there was like a TV show or something coming out for it. And like they were selling the books again. So she got me the books and I read them all. And um, she had my grandmother record the show on VHS. Because VHSs were still a thing back in 2002 or 2003. Three, I think is when the other TV show came out. So I was reading all these books and then watching the show and it was just like a cool little memory. I, it's entirely possible that my father might still have the VHSs of the um, the recordings from the ABC channel or the Hallmark channel or wherever these aired. And then I just remembered it 10, 15 years later and started bugging all my friends about it and Bell whether she wants to admit it or not, is one of my friends who I bugged about it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have anywhere near as uh, in-depth a story about that. It was a thing that I saw on TV and said, ooh, dinosaurs, that's cool. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, you promised me dinosaur facts this episode. Um, I did. My example dinosaur fact is that uh, in this miniseries, there are a ton of pteranodons, which are pterosaurs, not dinosaurs. So um, check your facts, Dinotopia. Yes. So last year, the entire Hallmark miniseries was uploaded to YouTube. So you can watch it for free if you want to look it up on YouTube. And I think, like, the top comment on part two of the miniseries is someone being, like, they classified this dinosaur as, like, part of this group of dinosaurs, and that's just factually inaccurate. (laughs) Oh, that doesn't surprise... I didn't read any of the YouTube comments, but that doesn't surprise me at all. Yes, reading YouTube comments on, like, a movie is not a good idea. Because, like, you'll be halfway through the movie. Or, like, if you're waiting until the end, I guess it's fine. But if you're, like, halfway through the movie and it's going kind of slow and you're just getting distracted like I do, then you'll scroll down and you'll see someone talking about something that's, like, 20 minutes ahead of you. And it'll be so confusing. And, like, I guess technically it might spoil it. But, like, I'm not too worried about Dinotopia spoilers. Speaking of which, I don't know if anybody listening to this cares about spoilers, but we're probably going to spoil we're 100% this We're 100% going it, to spoil free to watch series. on YouTube. Yes, it's free to watch on YouTube. And quite frankly, um, I think even if it's spoiled, it's still a, a charming show. It's a fun show. You can enjoy it even if you know how it ends. Not 
the biggest deal if it gets spoiled for you. It's also Dinotopia, so you'll be fine. <laughs> it's Dinotopia. Uh, it's a fun show, though. So, fun fact, this was originally supposed to be a Disney movie. I think I already said that. I think. Well, yeah, so this is credited as being, like, partially made by Disney, even though, like, they just, like, sort of had plans to it, and then they just let Hallmark buy the rights to make the movie, to make a movie out of Dinotopia. Um, they ended up making it a miniseries instead of a movie, so it's just, like, four hours of content broken up into three parts. Hallmark was super confident that the show was going to be a big deal. So there was a there was a TV show that was greenlit for ABC and they were already like filming episodes for a regular old TV show with I think like 30 minute episodes that was set to air either later that year in 2002 after the original movie aired or later next year, the following year 2003 I don't remember for sure. But that was what I watched, or I believe that's what I watched. I'm willing to bet if I start watching it, I'll be like, oh, wait, no, it was the other thing that I remembered. But, like, they expected it to be a big deal, but then the show got canceled after one season, didn't take off as much as people thought it would. Uh, I think only six episodes of the original TV show, air, or of the sequel TV show, aired in the USA, and then all 13 episodes of the first season aired in Europe. I'd love for us to check out that series at some other point, but we all are already invested in the um, the animated movie. So this is ba- so the Dinotopia miniseries is based off of the series of books, and by s- series of books, I mean there's only like three or four. Um, the series is based off the first two books in the series. And there was a third one written shortly after, and then a fourth book was written in 2007, which is like four or five years after the series came out. The book series was actually based off of a series of paintings that the author did. He was supposed to design like uh, what a city would have looked like in ancient times, and he decided to you know make a book series off of it. So he wrote Dinotopia books around these paintings that he did. The paintings are kind of popular. In fact, they might have even been an influence for the planet of Naboo from Star Wars The Phantom Menace. The paintings look very similar to a lot of those buildings. There's a lot of similar architecture. Um, All the waterfalls. Down here to the paintings. Precisely. The, the guy, James Gurney, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that name wrong, but I'm doing my best. James Gurney, uh, he doesn't want to, he, he did an interview and apparently he was very inclined to, he didn't want to take any kind of legal action, but he was kind of upset that anybody who saw his paintings or like saw like any of the stuff that spun off from Dinotopia, that it was going to look like a uh, Star Wars ripoff as a result, despite the fact that the paintings predated the Phantom Menace for a while and a lot of the stuff, a lot of the movies had been in the works before the movie had come out. So the first two books had come out before there was any work done on The Phantom Menace. However, Star Wars is Star Wars. So it's like, you know, it's exactly like John Connor. 
So, like, John Connor's another big influence for Star Wars, and so Disney thought they could make it big by making a John Connor movie. I think back in, like, 2010 or something like that. But then, like, one of the big criticisms of John Connor was that it looked like a Star Wars ripoff, and so it didn't do well, and so the Space Cowboy movie... And I need you. And there was I a need you to understand that you are gonna get comments. <laughs> gonna get comments about what? Well, for starters, it's John Carter, not John Connor. John Connor sounds like a fucking Terminator character. Uh, I think it is. A, I think it is a Terminator character. Oh well. <laughs> John Carter of Mars, which is actually speaking of copyright an Edgar Rice Burroughs series of novels, who is the same man who wrote the Tarzan novels. Um, and Disney has had quite the issue Ooh. with uh, merchandising their uh, their Tarzan film because the Edgar Rice Burroughs estate uh, really doesn't want to partner with the mouse anymore, uh, which is why Tarzan was in the first Kingdom Hearts game and then nothing after that. Oh, dear. Well, that sounds like some juicy drama. I'm totally yeah. here for this. Yeah, and that movie, the John Carter movie, was so, actually directed I, by Andrew Stanton. And if you don't know who that is, uh, he directed a little movie called Finding Nemo. So, okay. Uh, what does that have to do with the... Um, so, the yeah, there was, uh, there's that little continue, tidbit continue. for you. I'm fully convinced that they let him do Finding Dory just so John Carter wasn't going to be the last therapy. <laughs> Okay, well, so we watched we <laughs> we watched the three parts of the miniseries. Um, what did you think about? Um, that's a generalized question. I thought they were fine. Um, I don't think they're as cool as I remembered as a as when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I just saw funny dinosaurs. Um, but honestly. There's not that much dinosaur. <laughs> yes, there was... I mean, I got to see a Brachiosaurus within, like, the first yeah. 30 minutes or so. So I've got what I need, because Brachiosauruses mm -hmm. are actually the best dinosaur. Mm -hmm. And I will not be taking any notes on that. But, yeah, like, most of the dinosaurs are CGI, and this is, like, 2002 Hallmark yeah, TV CGI. Jurassic Park, it is, this is not... But, um, I mean, most of them look fine by, like, 2002 standards. It's not the best-looking CGI. Um, but, like, the dinosaurs almost feel like an afterthought. Because, like, there's only one main character dinosaur, right? Like, everybody else is just kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's really awkward sometimes because there are some scenes where like someone's clearly supposed to be interacting with a dinosaur, but like it's clearly a CG dinosaur and they don't know how to interact with a dinosaur. So they'll be like, instead of handing them something, they'll be like, oh, okay, I'll set it down on the table over there. And I'll just yes. look at this general area and hope that someone... Yeah, CGs there, there's also quite a lot of uh, uh, ADR in this movie, particularly where the character of Zippo is concerned. Um... Zippo is the dinosaur character for anyone who hasn't done the yes. homework and watched Dinotopia Zippo's already. Zippo's the one main which, character I mean, dinosaur, know. and he's very, he's very judging cute, you. he's very charming. Um, <laughs> Not really. But they 
really like awkwardly <laughs> make him interject into some scenes just so you don't forget that there's a dinosaur there. It's I, I will say though, there's a couple times when there's like puppet dinosaurs, like animatronics and stuff like that, and those are pretty fun. Like there's um like the little baby twenty six. Like whenever anyone's holding when everyone's holding the baby dinosaur, like you can tell there's actually like a little animatronic or something in their arms, yeah. and the animatronic and, uh, is just I believe too it's also adorable. An animatronic when it's when twenty six is like first hatching, which is first being born, that is also an animatronic, I think. Um, yeah, and I believe all of the animatronics and puppetry, like physical effects, were done by the Jim Henson Creature Workshop, so that's cool. <laughs> Yes, that was something else that I saw when I was researching this series. I don't think Jim Henson himself no, was involved. No, Jim Henson had been dead for I think he was dead by this point, isn't that? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. But yes, it was the Jim Henson company who did a lot of work on the animatronics okay. and I believe the CGI as well. I mean, even then, the CGI still looks pretty good. It's just the actors trying to interact with the CGI that I think it's like... Yeah, there's, there's another the issues uh, really are. Uh, thing that I had with this uh, movie. The acting is very, very stilted a lot of the time. Yeah, you know what? I feel like all of that can be written off to just... It's a 2002 Hallmark movie. That's very true. Like, uh, And on top of the fact that they have to be like interacting with, uh, with nothing, essentially. And like, they're, they don't have the the backing of like a Mary Poppins or a Roger Rabbit they're not they're not really diving into this but uh if we're going to talk about the acting though we have to talk about the actors sure the most famous of which being the villain of the series David Thewlis who is played by Dave yep David Thewlis uh, I feel like I know where you know him from, but I know him as the Earthworm from Henry Selick's James and the Giant Peach. Well, I'm surprised you don't know him as, um, well, I can't tell you who he's playing in Wonder Woman because that's a spoiler for a five-year-old, that's for a four-year-old movie. I've not seen Wonder Woman. I don't know. Oh, well, he's in that too. But, I mean, like, I joke, but, like, everyone's gonna know him as uh, Professor Lupin, the werewolf professor from the Harry Potter movies. That's that's who I, that's where I thought you knew him from. Well, now I'm going to refer to him as the guy from Dinotopia. But who else, the other yeah, person... He's, he's the crab man from Dinotopia. <laughs> the other actor from this series that I recognized was um, Wentworth Miller, which I know you got a real kick out of that name. You love the name Wentworth Miller. It's it's a hell of a name. It's a beautiful name. Sounds so every... like somebody who would work for Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> so most people know Wentworth Miller as um, one of the leads from the show Prison Break, a show that I have never seen and that I assume is about breaking out of prison. Beyond that, I don't know about Wentworth Miller very much from that show, but I know him from the Flash show on the CW and from Legends of Tomorrow, where he plays Leonard Snart, also known as Captain Cold. And this guy apparently just didn't age between 2002 and 2000, and I think it was like 2014, 2015 or whatever when he was on CW. But yes, there are some big names here, people that you'll recognize. The mayor was also played by a 
reasonably popular voice actor. He has been in, like, Doctor Who, and he played, like, the robot butler from the last Transformers movie. I think I remembered... I, I recognize Zippo's voice actor from somewhere, too, but, like, I can't tell you who he played off the top of my head. Uh, who who is it? I might know. Um, I will have to look it up. Yeah, look it up. You're the Dinotopia expert. Why am I the Dinotopia <laughs> Okay, so these subtitles. Okay, his name is Lee Evans. Lee Evans. I'm pulling up his IMDb right now. We're getting into this. Oh, good. I'm glad. Glad that we're prepared. Um. Oh, he was Fog in the Fifth Element. Oh, naturally. I don't know what that means. Neither do I. I've seen The Fifth Element. I don't remember who Fogg is. And he was also on Doctor Who. He played a guy named Malcolm on Planet of the Dead in 2009. That means nothing to me. Okay, so Zippo's name is spelled two different ways. And the IMDb listing contains both of the spellings. And that bothers me more than it really should. Oh my goodness, I'm so bothered. So in part one, it spells his name Z-I-P-P-O. And in part two and three, it spells his name Z-I-P-E-A-U. I am closing out IMDB because this is bothering me more well, than it should. Well, it's because he speaks both English and French, you see. And Saurian. He speaks dinosaur. Okay, but that's... I don't like that they call them Saurians. Because that's just so vague. <laughs> And I'm like, that's not how animals work. But whatever. Apparently, if you want to be racist, you can call them scalies. Yeah, dinosaur racism exists, and they really don't go into that enough. In this world? Yes, and they And they do not explore that at all. It's just the bad guy's dinosaur racist, and that's all. Okay, so... During my research, I found that they explain this a lot more in the books. I, so the I miniseries is... Yeah, so it's actually a sequel to the books. So, like, during the miniseries, they talk about, like, some explorers who explored the world beneath and who explored, like, all these different places and found all these things that the dinosaurs use. Um, Cyrus Crab, the guy played by David Thewlis... Mm -hmm is a descendant of the antagonist from the books. And, like, Zippo's person that he paired with that he talks about, the, the woman from the hatchery, also a character from one of the books. Or from the book series. Okay. So, like, there's a bunch of people, like, there's a bunch of people there who, like, like, the antagonist from the books believe that dinosaurs have enslaved humans and so he starts developing this whole like dino racist theology around this uh, it's like a, a whole ass thing according to the wikipedia page but yeah so the explorers from the explorers that they mentioned in the show the lady who was like pair bonded with zippo and the antagonist's father or grandfather i don't remember but all all of those people were all the main characters of the book series. This is like a sequel that takes place generations later. 
okay, that's I guess that that's that's a bit more interesting than just taking the books and adapting them, just making a little like follow up to it. That's kind of neat. That actually makes me curious to actually go back and you, read the book. The series managed to still be an adaptation of the books, even though it's a sequel. It's basically like repeating the events of the first two books, but through people doing them like generations later. So like they talk about how like, oh, these two guys went down into the world beneath in order to get these sunstones that we use to power all of our towns and everything like that. Um, and then during the miniseries, that's like the whole plot. They need to go back down to the world beneath and get the sunstones that people need. To, to manage in the current day. It's a lot of the exact same plot beats, but, I mean, you know, if... It, okay. I mean, it's a thing if you want to check it out. I remember reading the books when I was younger. They were they were pretty cool. Um, series is still a okay. pretty close adaptation. Then never of mind. Books, I don't have to read. It starts off, like, super, super fast. Right? Like... Within like ten minutes, the the main characters whose names are Carl and David, correct? Uh, Carl and David, correct. Are, are David is the one played by Wentworth on Miller plane with their dad, and their dad like takes a nap or something. They fall into the ocean. Their dad is uh, trapped in the plane. They wash up on the island known as Dinotopia. This happens in the first, like, five minutes. We are wasting no time getting to the dinosaurs, right? So, within, like, this thing's, like, four and a half hours long. Fifteen minutes, almost every major player is introduced. You've got did David and Carl, their dad, uh... Cyrus Crab, the David Thewlis character, is the first person they meet on the island. They meet Marion, who is, like, I thought she was, like, a dinosaur doctor, but she's just kind of the daughter of the mayor. Um, so Laura Dern, she is not. But uh, they, they, they're meeting everybody, basically. <laughs> Yeah, so she's not like, like the prince. She's not anybody important. She's just related to somebody important because she's a girl. Well, she's she's the princess of Dinotopia, essentially. She's not actually a princess, but like in a Disney movie or anything like that, she would be the character that they would advertise as a princess and sell princess, princess merchandise matter. for. So we're introduced to this world. Precisely. Um, uh, Carl's an asshole. Uh, they're having an issue with a lot of the predator dinosaurs because all of the predator dinosaurs act like animals and all of the herbivores sometimes also just act like animals. It's really weird. It's like the only one that gets to like speak English and have like cognizant thoughts that we can understand is Zippo. Um, but everybody else just kind of acts like an animal. Well, they don't speak English, but you also see a lot of them like reading and like 
going about their day, doing their jobs and things like that. I love the little machines that they have to let the dinosaurs yes, read so that they can like fun. walk on a treadmill um, while reading. Though there is a thing that very early on Carl points out that That'd be all a really the dinosaurs fun. I, 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 kind of do all the physical labor. And Marion's answer to why the humans aren't doing the physical labor yes. is, oh, we live in harmony with the dinosaurs. It's like a symbiotic relationship thing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but like the dinosaurs are still doing all of your physical for you. They're not really getting anything out of it. <laughs> yes, we need to not talk about most of the socioeconomic um, no, implications that come with the 2002 kit show. Relationships here because it bothered me. Okay. If we want to talk about the, um, the socioeconomic implications, then let's talk about the fact that um, everyone there is trained in nonviolence, but they still manage to have a, uh, a law-keeping force that is still nonviolent. I'm just okay, going yeah, to not they say much more about that. And just let that be. And yet, the main characters get arrested multiple times, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there are armed guards. There is essentially an air force that rides on the back of pteranodons. Um, it, it, it's... Well, don't they ride on the back of a different dinosaur? Like the pteranodons are supposed to be like the evil flying dinosaurs, but the I think they're like Quetzalcoatl. They're, they're, forest, they're but definitely they not Quetzalcoatl or something like that. Because they're way too fucking small um but they are definitely some type of okay, pterosaur okay. that they have tamed i guess again they treat them like wild animals still even though the dinosaurs are supposed to be intelligent and it's like a thing that they have to choose you it's it's like like how to train your dragon style you have to like put your hand on their heads and go like we trust each other we can ride together but again yes dinosaurs are doing all their physical labor for them including their armed guards are pretty much all dinosaurs well i mean you know if you have a dinosaur guarding your enough. grain stores or whatever i'm not gonna try to rob your grain store i, I guess <laughs> seven out of ten not enough dinosaur but they don't need to threaten they don't need to threaten me with violence. They're dinosaurs. The, the, the next plot beat after the whole setup and we're introduced to, like, the mayor and Zippo um, and Marianne and everybody on the island, basically. Uh, the next plot beat is Carl and David having to integrate into the society, which at first is fine. They have to learn about the island's history and they have to learn about, you know, their customs, and it's the island of Dinotopia, as explained in How does this show, those kind of things? is essentially an island of shipwrecked peoples who, over time, have washed up on the island and can't get off for for whatever reason like it, either the storms or the reefs or like it's, it's it's impossible to get off the island yeah just be, it's because like the reefs around are supposed to be like too treacherous to sail through and like 
with all the flying dinosaurs, I guess the flying dinosaurs aren't able to like fly over the reefs, it's, and it's, I guess there's no close it's convoluted, to land but it's on. Fine. So it's I don't a know. Big fantasy thing, right? I don't. I, I bought it. People can't leave, but there's people who are trying to leave, and that, that's a big subplot. Yeah, but that that was a subplot though. There's like supposed to be like some secret route through the reef that um someone has that Carl the asshole brother who wants to get off the island and um professor lupin the evil villain who also wants to get off the island Which both i'm want to find the secret almost to help convinced get off the that island. there is actually no secret route to get off the island i think that was just cyrus being a dick and trying to trick carl because he sabotaged the boat he lied to him on multiple occasions, including in the conversation where he was talking about the map to route off the island. So I think the whole thing was supposed to be an elaborate ruse, I believe. Well, I thought they found it near the end, but by the end there was... Well, let, let's talk more about the uh, the rest of the plot. So, like, after they're integrating and they're, like, learning how to... um like, essentially integrate into society, learning the language and all that jazz. Um, they find an, an entrance to the world beneath. A secret entrance that is just outside of Waterfall City. And so, they encounter some monsters. They, well, they encounter some carnivores there. And they come back to Waterfall City to let people know. But, like, that gets put on the back burner for a little while. Then, like, they go on to the next step of integrating to society, which essentially means getting jobs. Um, David joins the flying dinosaur military, and Carl works at a hatchery. And if I may interject... Yes, you may. There is zero agency the characters have at this point in the story. Oh my goodness, like, yes, like... There's, like, there's little tiny things of, like, Carl still wants to get off the island and he's trying to, like, build... But, like, from a certain point, they're like, hey, can we try to get off the island? No. Okay. Hey, can we try to get off the island? No. Go to school. Okay. Hey, um, we still kind of want to get off the island. Hey, I... No, you're getting jobs. You have to be join the Air Force... And you have to work in a nursery. Why? Fuck if I know. Because the matriarch knows. Yeah, and then they just do it. And, like, it's essentially the giver. I, yeah, but, like, they just follow her. They're just like, yeah, okay, you said to do this thing, so I guess I'm doing it. And they, they really have no agency in this, so I... Unfortunately, they spend a lot of time with Carl at the hatchery. And yes, the, the baby he hatches is very, very cute. But I don't really care because he never really wanted any of this. And they spend a lot of time with David going to Sky School or whatever. And I don't really care because especially with Dick 50 times... There's a mistake. I didn't want to do this. I'm not good at this. And then at a certain point, he just kind of starts to care. But I don't. 
Well, David cares the whole time. And if anything, it's that he cares a whole lot. And that's why he's so afraid of going to flying school. But eventually he manages to like build up enough courage to become part of the flying dinosaur people. And he gets to ride the special dinosaur who Marion finds while he's at school. The albino one. Albino, albino. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. He has albinism, yes. Um, which is fine. He, again, the how to train your dragon, you know, befriending the giant creature you get to ride on thing. I'm fine with that. I don't understand why he's here. Like, it just seems like a weird plot beat to be like, you have to go join our Air Force. And he just says, okay, I guess I gotta join the Air Force now. Well, so the idea is that, like, the matriarch gives them these jobs. And so she expects them to rise to the occasion for both of their jobs. And the jobs are supposed to teach them something. Like, Carl is a jerk beforehand, but he goes to the nursery and he learns to be caring. And David is very fearful and not very keen to step outside of his comfort zone. So being made to fly on the back of a giant dinosaur teaches him courage and it teaches him bravery. No, no, no. I... You know, I, I, I understand all character of that, he gets- but I don't like it because every time a character says, hey, I don't really want to do this or, hey, I don't feel comfortable with this. They're just told, no, do it anyway, because I said so. My favorite is when they're all like gathered to do the, um, what is it, like the group meditation yeah. where they see through the eyes of the dinosaur. And then Carl is like, no, nah, I don't really want to do this. I think it's silly and ridiculous. And like the, the matriarch is just like, okay, fine. You don't have to do this. You can get up and leave. And so then he gets up to leave and then he just passes out. And he, I guess, is forced to participate in the ritual anyways, because for some reason he's like mentally connected to the dinosaurs already. And so, like, she tells him, yeah, okay, fine, you have a choice, you can leave if you want to, only to yeah, find out he really does not have a choice. That's kind of my issue, is and that, that was like... this whole, it's particularly in, the, like, the middle part, the second act of the story, there is such an absence of choice that any of the characters are allowed to partake in. Yeah, it's a thing. But this all, so, in the background of all this happening, um... There are these things called sunstones, which are set up in all the villages and towns and everywhere to protect them from carnivore attacks. Uh, They essentially work as like a power source, and I guess they keep the carnivores away too, and they keep them from attacking. However, the sunstones kind of die out over time, and people are having trouble finding new ones. So they're sort of having their own mini energy crisis, where they need to have more sunstones, but they can't find any more sunstones. But a lot of people think that there might be more in the world beneath, which is the place where they had that entrance, where um, the boys had found in the end of the first episode. So that leads into the final episode, where like all the sunstones are dying and like carnivores are moving into all the places, so they have to take in all the refugees into the capital city. And then the, all the main characters team up with the bad guy, who's been like, deceiving people and doing evil things the whole time they all team up to go and sneak into the world beneath through um a secret passage that the bad guy has all led them to and then they get down there um they find 
a big old mindful of sunstones and the bad guy betrays them and he says okay i'm gonna take all these sunstones up and they're all mine now and i don't know if he's gonna like sell them to the dinotopians or use them to try to get off the island himself or whatever he's gonna do but he gets stopped by the predators that are well first of all everyone gets interrupted when they find out that i don't know that's like the very end of the movie and i i know i said like there's gonna be spoilers and we're gonna spoil it but i don't know that the last couple of plot details necessarily add too much to our discussion just in case somebody does want to watch it they'll, they'll mean, see what happens in the end there's a couple things to be said uh, i mean like is it bad obvious bad guy is obvious of course he's gonna betray them like of course he's gonna get his comeuppance in the end yada 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 um yeah okay well that is essentially the plot of the three parts yeah. of the and show. And it's, you know, as as much as the society kind of you know, freaks me out, it, it was cute enough. Yeah, you know, all in all, I think it's much more charming yeah. than anything else. I feel like even if there are some parts where I'm like, eh, okay, I'm not sure I really vibe with that. Like, it makes sense, especially for a yeah. kid's show. Yeah, and like, it's not... Like, I don't like the society, I don't agree with the society, but also, as a little kid, I was just like, ooh, dinosaurs. I, I will say, I think that the society is, it makes it easier to imagine, hmm, let me reorganize I'll say it, it kind of seems like a cult. I think that ultimately, I get what... <laughs> I feel like I get the idea behind Dinotopia, and I feel like that there is some aspirational aspects to it. So I get what it's going for. And because of, well, because of how you have to fit all that into a limited runtime in something that is meant for kids, not everything is done with a whole lot of nuance. But ultimately, I feel like I feel like it works for what it is. I can, yeah, I can fit with that. Though, do we want to talk about what I think is hands down the worst part of the entire miniseries? What do you think that is? The awful love triangle subplot? Yes, the love triangle subplot was not necessary. I'm watching this, and I'm also re-watching... Star Wars, the Clone Wars at the same time. And while I was, and so like I was watching this on my own to prepare for the podcast and I was taking breaks to watch Clone Wars with my partner while we're getting ready for the new Star Wars show that's coming out next month. And while the love triangle was happening in the show, like I would switch away from Dinotopia to go watch Clone Wars and there's another love triangle plot in that show as well. And it was so exhausting to see that in two different, (laughs) two different things so close together. So I'm like extra exhausted by love triangles right now. And that was not necessary in the show. And I'm glad that they didn't try to like resolve it at the end. I'm glad they just kind of dropped the love triangle and forgot about it. Yeah. Cause after a while, it's just like, like, Marion is the girl that both of the brothers are, like, pining for. 
but she kind of doesn't have much agency in it. She's just kind of the girl to be one at a certain point. Um, and she'll do, yep. like, she goes for a romantic like we- late night swim with the one brother and then helps the other brother climb to a, to a pterosaur's nest and spends the night up there with them. And it's just like, she's just kind of going back and forth and it feels like she doesn't, again, it's a lack of agency thing. It's like, oh, she's just here so the brothers can have a conflict with each other. And the movie, the series, does not seem to care with her opinion on the matter at all. I will point out, we managed to describe the entire plot of all three episodes of the miniseries, and I think we only brought her up once. Like, she's there for the whole thing. She's introduced very early. But, like, she carries stuff around. That's what she does. Yeah, she's... I think there's uh, a... At, at, at first, like, she, she's one of the first people that they meet. Right? She's like maybe the second main character they meet when they get to the island after the bad guy. And at first she's she's doing the exposition thing and oh she's gonna be really important. She's very smart. Um and then she does nothing the rest of the show. <laughs> it's important in that she gets to keep explaining to the main characters what's going on in the rest of the world. There is one more thing I wanna bring up though. So the first people who the two boys meet in Dinotopia is Cyrus Crab, the villain guy, but they don't know he's the villain yet. And so he like takes them to this little outpost where they meet Marion and he says, "Okay, well you can meet me in Waterfall City from here. You can catch like the uh, the transport from here to Waterfall City." And he leaves to go to Waterfall City telling them to go meet him there doesn't think to take them with him or anything like that to Waterfall City. They just say, okay, well, we'll just follow you, but we'll find our own way there instead of going with you. And I thought that was a <laughs> confusing little touch, but okay. So, Cyrus, as a character, has this weird habit of just showing up randomly when the main characters are around. Like, they'll be walking, and he's just, like, sitting on the edge of a... Just, like, waiting for them or something. And I'm like, how did you know they were gonna be there? Just in the city. Like, there's, like, there's one time that he goes to Zippo's house to look for them. And that's about it. Like, every other time they interact, he's just, like, it's completely random. So, his interaction just with like, Zippo. hey, we're on the street. I knew you were going to be here for some reason. Let's have a chat. His interaction with Zippo was one of my favorites. Because, like, he takes him to his place. And he's like, hey, I need you to help me translate this thing. Zippo's like, okay. And he goes and he helps him translate the thing. But then Zippo says, hey, why do you have all of these stolen artifacts that you've left out in the open all across the room? And then he's like, oh. Well, you know, whatever. I'll just, like, knock you out. Yeah, he tries to murder Zippo, and nobody ever brings it up again. He is such... He is such a uh, Saturday morning cartoon villain, and quite frankly... No, I I feel like Cyrus is the best part of the series. Is that fair to say? Like, he's thoroughly entertaining for just how much of a shithead he is. 
he is definitely entertaining. I will give him that. I, I will say, I think in general, I liked what everyone was doing. I think some people were wasted and some people were wasting my time, like with the love triangle and stuff like that. But overall, I felt like everyone was having fun. Yeah. And it was a I will fun say that, show to watch. Oh, most of the characters, like most of the main characters, aside from Marion, had a purpose to serve the narrative. Yes, Marion was there to explain things to everyone, yeah. and she was also carrying stuff Yeah, she's stuff definitely the carrier. Like, it, it gets to the point where at the end, they're like, we've got room for four people to go to the, the big underground city to find the Sunstones, but we're not taking the fourth one because she's a girl or whatever. He's like, I yeah, don't right. It's be it's evil with two people. Uh, they loved it. They love to shit on Marion, but yeah. It felt like a Saturday morning cartoon or like an animated kids movie that had a bigger budget and was in live action. That is and an entirely I fair way to that. put it. Um, yeah, because I mean, like the worst part is the 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 love triangle thing, which we goes all- nowhere and it's kind of gross and I don't really care. They also have, they communicate with these birds, uh, which are also CGI. They're not dinosaurs though. I mean like birds are dinosaurs obviously, but like they're just birds. Like, they're just like little finches that they send to each other and they just I, talk. I kind of feel like the birds were, and I feel like the birds were super no, animated, but I kind of made them some of my favorite I parts. I don't, like those like, birds. Thematically, I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> because they I need guess, some way to deliver that's messages fair. that's dinosaur adjacent. I will say though, we are nearing the end of the time that we wanted to use for this podcast. So, what are what is your? I mean, what is your is overarching it the thoughts? Time on that we're trying to do because we still have to edit. It. Yes, but we wanted to do like between half an hour to an hour. So. Um, we're going okay, over an hour enough. right now. I figured we want to uh, wrap um, it up. And I my overarching that time frame. thought is that uh, this, is, this was cute. It was fine. If, you know, it, it's probably not something that I would sit down and watch again. But if it was on in the background, I wouldn't change it. You know, it was it was cute. Dinotopia is a, a fun idea. Like, it's what I wish a good dinosaur would have been that's a rant for another day probably um we actually didn't hit that we should oh did no we should talk about that because we totally wanted to talk about that for the dinotopia rant but that was that was my thing too like when i heard the Mm -hmm. pitch for the good dinosaur i think like it was just a pitch for the longest time like, the only thing people knew about the movie was that the idea for the good dinosaur, the Disney Pixar movie, was that it was supposed to be, like, what if dinosaurs didn't get wiped out by the meteor and they didn't go extinct? And I was imagining something like Dinotopia, where there was, like, this whole metropolis it, with dinosaurs and humans I feel like together. we had the exact same And, like, you were thinking the same. Of, I think we both had, like, is this exact same Dinotopia. thought process. That humans and dinosaurs have evolved together and 
they live in a society and there's going to be a bad guy who's going to want to ruin the society and they're going to go no and a human and a are going to team up and save the day pixar style uh that's not at all what it was um and i thought you know maybe maybe we'll like super modernize it because like dinotopia they're very like fantastical but i'm like okay well what if like a dinosaur just lived in like the city and had to like wear a suit and bike to work or something like get get really crazy with it get like have that like weird pixar charm to it uh and then we got the good dinosaur and the good dinosaur is the worst pixar movie yes i like cars too better than the good dining internet I will say, I think that The Good Dinosaur being just a movie about a boy and his dog, except the boy is a dinosaur and the dog is a boy, is probably the most uninspired idea for a movie that Pixar has ever had. Like, the movie was charming enough, but, like, out of all of Disney's attempts to make a dinosaur movie between the 2000 dinosaur movie, The Good Dinosaur, and Dinotopia... I think the the best one is the one that Disney didn't make and that got made by Hallmark instead. <laughs> I a hundred percent agree with you. <laughs> so yeah, all in all, I think it was a really fun show. It was it, it's, it's free on YouTube. Um, it's also available on Pluto TV. I looked up a bunch of different places to watch it, but I couldn't figure out how to use Pluto TV. And it's on YouTube, so you don't have to figure out Pluto TV if you don't know how to use it either. Um, just look up. Nobody knows what Pluto TV is. Don't even. Just look up um, Dinotopia on YouTube if you want to check it out. Um, I I recommend it. I don't know if Bell does. Bell well, oh, says it's good to have on. One last thing. One last thing. Okay, one last thing. Um, there is a part where Carl is telling Marion he's trying to woo her. Um edit this to be earlier when we're talking about the shitty love triangle i guess but he's telling her the story he's telling her the story of david and goliath but changes the name of david which is his brother's name to carl and earlier in the film they said that their last ship like these are all people from the world who have crashed on to Dinotopia and have just started their own society. Like these are the descendants of people who have lived in the outside world. And they said that their early, their most recent uh, edition came in 1944. How has she not heard the story of David and Goliath? That's not a recent story. I guess there's more dinosaur stories that people tell and people don't tell as many biblical stories. But yes, that was a fun little um, recurring joke in the background where um, Carl takes advantage of the fact that people don't know much about um, pop culture and stuff from their world. I did like that when he has to write his an essay and he just writes the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody. That was funny. That made me Yes, that was pretty good. Another thing that I can't believe we forgot to mention, um, but you get to watch a you get to watch a person playing ping pong with a dinosaur. That's and... right. That never. Oh, I wish that came back in some way. But Carl teaches ping pong, and 
Zippo's just like really into it. He just really wants to get better at playing ping pong. And Carl is like, it's kind of like, haha, I'm better than you at this. But then they just kind of become friends and just like playing together. And it's kind of cute. Yes, the show is worth watching alone, just as you can see uh, Dinosaur playing ping pong. Yeah, I mean, Zippo's, Zippo's the second well, best anyways, character after the, the villain guy. Yes, yeah, Zippo's pretty great. But I think that is it for our first episode of the Magpie and Bunny yeah. podcast. Hopefully by now I will have a, um, a Discord server ready. So if you want to hop on Discord and hang out with us, I will have that linked in the description. If this is on SoundCloud, I may not know how to put this in a description. I will... There'll be a Discord server linked somewhere. Poke around for it. Um, we'll see how that works. But, yeah. Um, check us out in the future. We'll be airing another episode next week and the week after that. And then afterwards, we'll be going every other week instead of a weekly upload. So please come back next week and check us out when we talk about Labyrinth, the 1986 movie featuring David Bowie and some other people, but you know it as the David Bowie movie. Let's not lie. Smash that like button. (laughs) This is going to be excellent on whatever service um, doesn't have a like button on it. Speaking of which, um, I am sort of just uploading this podcast anywhere where I can upload it for free. Uh, if it's more convenient for you to listen to us on some other service, uh, let us know and I will be happy to check it out. I am experimenting with where this podcast is going and that could be anywhere. So check us out. Smash that like button. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe and follow and subscribe again and donate to our OnlyFans. All right, thank you. Have a nice time.